Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Holiday software give you this time. I know. Where are, we, we didn't have some hats. We didn't have any props. What happened to our hats? Man, I, I specifically got us hats for that for the gifts last week, so we'd have something. We totally botched it. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah. it's a holiday week, right? Yeah. Short week for everybody, so thanks for tuning in. What are we doing? We're talking about real estate. What show is this? We talk Mondays? about all the time, so welcome to Money Mondays, everybody. Yes. Every we, Monday, 3.30 p.m. Central. We are nothing if not persistent. We are going to do this on the holiday week. Uh-huh. Every Monday. I'll try to no. go home today. Ben won't let me go home. No, absolutely so. not. You got to work, buddy. Uh, Somebody's got to put in some time around here. Mm-hmm. All right. So Money Mondays. What Thanks are we talking for tuning about today? in, folks. We're talking about underwriting, part two. So I think we're going to do a couple more of these, too. So I don't want anybody to, to feel like, hey, if you missed this one or... Probably part two, three, four, five. might need to be. Underwriting seems to be an important it's, topic. Well, it's, it's important. You know, um, you know, it's popular. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, there are the two things to real estate, right? We talk about this all the time, right? It's a numbers game and it's a relationship game. So we're going to try to... We, we ultimately can't make you more personable person. <laughs> but maybe we can we can help you on the underwriting side to get a little bit more familiar with the, with the numbers and the concepts and kind of the terminology, right? So you can determine, even as a passive investor, what's a good deal, or if you're going to buy a deal, right, what's a good investment? But for those that are new, 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 what does underwriting mean? Let's start with the basics, right? So yeah, I mean, I I throw around this stuff. Oh wait, before we do that actually, so Monday, 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 3.30 Central, right? If you have questions, comments as we go through this, definitely ask them. We will go through them at the end. Typically, we'll spend about 15, 20 minutes presenting, and then we will basically do Q&A at the end. So Mm -hmm. if you have questions, do not hesitate to ask them. So underwriting analysis, analyzing a deal, they're all synonymous, right? So what are we talking about when we say stuff like that, right? It means that you are taking the historical financials, the past financials, you are then putting them into, you know, a spreadsheet that maybe you've developed or maybe you bought from somebody else and then doing projections from there. Those projections are going to determine, is this deal going to be a good deal, right? So really, underwriting is a fancy way to say analyzing returns, Yeah, right? projections of their actually you're analyzing risk is I think is really because really think about lenders do underwriting we do underwriting so it's probably I wonder what the actually I'm going to look this up right now define underwriting for those in our audience that are too busy not lazy too busy to go search for the term underwriting it means (laughs) sign and accept liability under thus guaranteeing payment in case loss or damage occurs that's way too sophisticated of a definition but I think everybody gets it right you're looking at past performance to determine is there something that, that you can do? Yeah, so basically, to you're, you're, make you're this really looking at you're, you're you're looking at assessing risk. So we yeah. assess risk in terms of returns. Other people assess risk in terms of loss, right? So, yeah. all right. So before we move on to the slides, right? So basically, we have kind of two slides to put together. We ran numbers on a deal that we recently looked at, right? The name of the deal is irrelevant. Yep. Even the numbers that we're showing are irrelevant, right? What we're trying to do is show people kind of how do you go from financials that you may be given yep. into something that you can make sense of, right? And yep. then on top of that, how do you evaluate? So basically, what are some of the gotchas you need to look at? Absolutely. And then how can you evaluate some of that? But before you hop into that, right, let's go through a few comments. Uh, Ronnie says, what's up, guys? What's up, Ronnie? What's up, buddy? Amanda says, commitment. Love it. We are absolutely committed. Ronnie says, uh, this is the most casual I've seen, Ferris. Thanks, I'll take it. I, know, I told man, Ben it was sweater, sweater weather. He didn't wear a sweater, man. So, this, uh, this guy. Trevor says, uh, thanks for sharing. You're welcome. And Ronnie says, for underwriting, how to mitigate the prepayment penalty for agency debt. 
Oh boy, yeah. that's okay. That's a loaded question. We'll go to that one maybe later. We'll on. get we'll get to yeah. we'll get to the particulars, right, folks? Once again, you're not going to learn how to underwrite a deal from this from this 30 minute show, right? You know, there's a lot that goes into this, but we're going to try to give you the high level how we look at deals, what the assumptions that we make, some of the terms that we use, right, terminology in the business. I think that that's important, right? Because if, even if you're a passive investor, you're just looking to to invest in somebody else's deal. They're going to throw around things, right? You know, what are cash on cash returns and IRR and total returns? You need to understand what the stuff is and how they're calculating it, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll get into a little bit of it, right? So as Ferris said, the deals are relevant. It was a deal that we did, we ultimately passed on because you'll see why. Um, you know, and this was our, some of our, you know, a, a little bit of our underwriting, right? You know, yeah. this is like one little snippet of. <laughs> yeah, so if we take a look at <laughs> 13. So Shannon, if show them the screen, too. right? So T12 basically is, stands for trailing 12, yep. right? It's what the financials that we were giving, if you sum up all of the past 12 months, right? One years of yep. financials, what that looks like. And so you can see, you know, what just kind of maybe go through this, right? The, the, that's the left column. The right column is yeah. basically modeling it. Okay, if you're purchasing at a $44 million purchase price. Our what, assumptions. And that's actually what the brokers wanted, yes. Yeah. So normalized expenses at a $44 million purchase price, what that looks like. So let's go through this really quickly, yeah. right? Average monthly income, right? You know, we did believe that there was some opportunity to push rents, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, you can see we did a little bit of a pop, right? Yep. Now, the one thing I want to point out to people, this was a newer asset right, that basically brand new, so it was in lease-up. So the T12 financials, right, they're exaggerated intentionally to showcase this people, right, yeah. you know, what to look for, right, but obviously they're not indicative because a property that had 1% occupied versus 100% occupied is very different, well, right? I mean, even so that's look, where if you look at this, the vacancy, right? That's Most, crazy. That's a, so, you so know, if only you if Ben know, was running a deal, would it be 65% yeah, occupancy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, only in a lease up or only in a situation where you have a lot of down units will you ever see vacancy that yeah. high, right? Just to, we'll give you some rules of thumb, right? Yeah. I'd say CB assets, right? You're anywhere from five to 10 is where you're wanting to try to run your vacancy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously this is 65. And then we were, we were saying, hey, we're going to continue to lease up, right? Because it's not 100% there. So we will have some vacancy going to, into our year one. That's why it's at 25%. Yeah, so... Right? Exactly. And so, you know, this deal was basically stabilizing, right? That's why it was for sale, because they got it back to 90%. For those of you that remember, right, whenever we buy debt to get the best debt, Fannie, Freddie, right, you want it stabilized. That means 90% occupancy or more for 90 days. So this deal had just reached that, but eight months ago, whenever they were in lease-up, it wasn't there, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you look at what we're doing, right, we're modeling, essentially, you know, burning off the loss to lease, right? And we're still planning to have, you know, really, if you look at it, 25 plus 6, 31% 31% economic vacancy, right? We'll probably be able to do better, but again, you're still burning it all off, right? Because again, yeah. a property that was 60% vacant versus 10% vacant are very different characteristics, right? But that's on the income side. I don't want to spend too much time on that. I don't know if you had anything else to add to that, well, but really, I want people uh, to understand the expense side because I think expense is more of the... Let me, let me, let me point out two creature. things, right? So, you know, you, you take your gross and then you're going to deduct your vacancy and your economic vacancy, right? then you're gonna get that effective rental income. And, and in this case, we call it effective gross income, EGI, right? Then you're going to add in other income. People always say, well, what's other income? Well, it's fees, right? It could be, you know, you're charging for covered parking or there's pet rent or, or late there's fees, late fees, right? Application fees. Anything that is not rental income, but the property charges for is going to be considered other income, right? The reason that we popped it from 140 to 300, once again, it had to, it was a direct correlation between where it was at and the T12, which was, you know, vacancy was at 65%, down to 25%, right? So we're going to just have more people that are going to be paying fees. 
right? Yeah, so then you get thing, the total net income from that number. Absolutely, and one more thing to point out, right, is, you know, in this case, we modeled the T12, right, just to kind of really showcase to people how, yeah. hey, the T12 is almost, you know, it's a guiding principle. It's not like it applies one-to-one, -one. right? In this kind of deal, you would have probably looked at a T1 or T2, right, yep. to be a little bit more indicative of the true thing because, again, the property eight months ago is very different than the property today. So, And, and brokers will usually do that. You have to kind of read the fine print when they're doing their deals or when they're doing their OMs. They'll usually say, we're taking T1, whatever's going to make the deal look yeah. the best, they'll take T1 income and T3 expenses, right? Because they- Taking T1 income with T5 other income yeah. with T12. <laughs> and then three years ago is taxes. <laughs> just know that most of the time you might be able to get away with T1 or T3 on the income side, but they're always going to take T12 expenses. So, you know, if, if the broker has done something else or you're trying to underwrite to T3 expenses, just know that your lender, especially on Fannie and Freddie deals, is not going to go with that. So- you want to talk about expenses because I'd say it's it's pretty important. Yeah, right? so let's go through the expenses, no, no. right? So, so let's, let's talk just about talk about these one item at a time, right? First one, real estate taxes. Now, real estate taxes, if you notice, we did a big pop, right? That Again, is a big pop. The, those taxes are probably based on land value or yeah. something. You know, it's a huge, huge difference, right, between an asset that just got built that but again typically you're looking at and again this is all of this expenses is market driven right so market specific areas yes. so keep that in mind right but we have some rules of thumb there on yeah, the right and even but that, those I, are rules I, of thumb. I ignore Be that very, very very I ignore very, that one for the taxes because yeah. obviously my taxes is really market driven you want to usually model anywhere from 80 to 95 to 100 percent of your purchase price times the millage rate the tax yep. rate right so Taxes are very unique when we do not. That's an area a lot of people skimp out on and then they get burned on it. Even us, we model it high and then, you know, you have a year where you actually don't get, you know, you don't get nuked, which is good. Yeah. And you almost forget about it. And then next year, you're riding high, you're like, oh, shoot, you know. But it, our taxes just tripled, right? We've had that. But luckily, we had modeled it, I guess, the previous year. It just well, came we in a little bit Well, we had mechanisms in place to obviously protest it too, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like it's a total loss, right? You know, between Georgia and Texas, there are there is a, a way to get it down too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so let's keep going. So insurance, right? This is another one where... You know, again, you see the on the T12, 36,000, right? That, that, that's, that's meaningless, right? It was, that's not accurate, yeah. right? This is a big property. And so, again, we modeled it much higher. And typically for insurance, right, you're modeling in 400 to $600. And, again, you know, some places like Phoenix is cheaper. Yeah. Some places like Houston is more expensive. And so it's marker-driven. But, again, you're looking at the rule of thumb as a rule of thumb. It's not the yep. requirement, yep. right? So you can see that, you know, the insurance that we were given from the T12 was really light, right? Continuing on contract services. Right, that was really light. And you can see, you know, again, new property, right? Maybe they didn't have landscaping the first couple of years, yeah. the first couple of months until they got the, the grass in, et cetera, right? But again, contract so let's, services. Let's talk about contract services real what quick. What is it, right? yeah. So yeah, what is it? So contract services, like he said, it's going to be landscaping. It's going to be pest control. It's going to be pool company. Maybe it's going to be alarm or security company, right? It's going to be anything that's a contract, folks, right? That's, that's, why, that's why it's called contract services. And, you know, on a newer property like this one, right, you're going to probably, it's going to be maintained fairly well, right? So you might have a little bit more high-end landscaping yeah. than, than a C-class property is going to have, right? But you're, you may not need security patrol. You might not need security, but, you're <laughs> so always, you're, but your pool is going to be a selling feature too. So you're going to make sure you keep that pool nice and clean too. Yeah. So it's a trade-off, but there are rules of thumb, once again, that you, you know, can kind of use. We send right? Ben out to every pool, every property, basically once a month. So make sure, you know, Ben's out there. We get him basically <laughs> a truck full of... Uh, of uh, That's my four. Of Chlorine. My fourth job is being a pool guy. All right, so, uh, you know. All right. All right. So what else we got? We got so, turnover expense. And so, so you know, and again, contract services. That one's very. That, you know, in terms of rule of thumbs, that's not a great rule of thumb because it's very market and deal specific. But again, very high level rule of thumb. Right. 
Utilities. No, 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 no. I we skipped. We skipped. Let's talk about oh, we turnover. Oh, turnover. Turnover. So, what yeah. is turnover expense? Anyone explain that to people? So, turnover, right? Whenever you're, whenever you're turning a unit, right? When you're gonna, you're gonna hear that quite a bit. It's when somebody moves out, right? Maybe they're forced to move out through some kind of an eviction, or they skipped out in the middle of the night, or in this case, right? This is a nicer property, right? Somebody just moved out and moved to another property somewhere else, or maybe they bought a house, right? You know, you are going to have expense to actually get that unit ready for the next tenant, right? And maybe even on a newer property, maybe you don't have to do a lot of updates, but guess what? You're at least still doing clean. You're most likely doing paint. You're probably gonna have to clean the floors, maybe even replace the floors. There's gonna be something that's gonna happen there, right? And so it was a big red flag that they had zero in there. So obviously we took and said, hey, you know, that's obviously not correct, or maybe they're they're booking it somewhere else on the T12, which sometimes happens, right? They'll try to, they'll try to capitalize a lot of that, which means they're gonna put it below the net operating income. I don't want to you know, get into anything too crazy here on this show, but you know, bottom line, that's what a lot of people will try to do just to make their NOI look higher. But we said, no, that's not correct. We're going to have to spend at least $49,000 to actually turn yeah. you know, units moving forward. So we plugged a number in there. Yeah, and again, because right? you know, again, brand new property, there's no one, no one's moved out yet. Yeah. <laughs> turnover was zero, yeah. but there will be turnover. So you know, keep going down. So electric, gas, and water, right? You know, again, forward. those don't usually change. I think what we did actually on this one is we did do a T3 because, again, the property empty doesn't use much water. Yeah. Which, you know, fast forward it does. So, and the, know, only thing, though, the only thing that I would, point at, or I would point out on utilities, right, is that if, you know, it's an older property and maybe there's a reason why the, the water is higher, right? Maybe yeah. there's plumbing issues, right? So, but once again, this is a newer property. And so they probably are what they are. Just in this case, right, you know, um, you there was a little bit of vacancy. You say you are. I don't know. Superstar. You got to watch out for this guy. You got right? All right. So, you know, we talked about utilities. You know, usually utilities, trash might be lumped in there as well. Trash yeah. could also be a contract service. Yeah. So you just have to know that each, peop- each person's T12. We always have a miscellaneous line because the way that we code stuff on our expenses might be different than how somebody else is doing it on theirs. So that's kind of a catch-all of things that maybe they had a category for, but we don't. So we put that in there. That's what miscellaneous is. And I would suggest that you do everybody do that in their sheet too, because it happens almost every single time, right? You got a management fee, right? You know, um, usually that's pretty straightforward. It's based off of the total income that the property takes in. This, in this is what case, the management company is taking. Yeah, this is, in this, this case, is not asset they're, management. they're high, right? You know, if we were having disrupt management, our property management company do it, we would we would run it for three percent, right? So there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a, um, a savings there, right? You know, yeah. um, and then. Uh, let's see, repairs and maintenance, right? What is that? That is going to be typical things that might break down, yeah. right? You know, place an HVAC here or there. And again, yeah. that's where it gets kind the of, you know, goes out, right? you got to understand if it's cap- capital expense or not, right? Yep. But let's just leave it, you know, replacing a doorknob on a turn. Is that a turnover or is not? There's some, so a lot of times, some gray there, area. there's a lot right. of gray area. So a lot of yeah. times what we like to do is basically look at contracts, uh, look at turnover plus R&M, yep. right? Add those together and then look at that holistically, right? Because, you know, Absolutely. Ben may think a doorknob is turnover and I'm like, no, nah, that's, that's repairs and maintenance, right? Yep. Or, you know, sheetrock repair that you're fixing during the turnover, right? It's literally a sheetrock repair, but it's in turnover or not. So, yep. you know, that's kind of loose. Um, but again, there's the rule of thumb for that is actually pretty good one. That one we yeah. do look at a lot, you know, in terms of just so getting GNA, into So GNA, general and admin, right? That's administrative costs. They, you know, you got a postal or postage to mail things out, right? That's an admin cost. You've got a copier lease that you have to pay, yeah, right? Software that's costs. Software costs, right? So that's going to be another kind of catch-all bucket, yeah. right? Where you're going to have some of those other costs that, that are related just to running a business, folks. 
right? That's what GNA is, or general slash admin. Payroll. What is payroll, Ben? Pretty straightforward, right? You got to pay people, right? Um, you know, and that's kind of come up in the in the news lately, right? And this is a good one because this is this is usually a big item, and it's easy to identify if someone's running a property fat or not from this, right? That's true. That's true. You know, you, again, the rule of thumb works pretty well, right? Twelve hundred, twelve forty is about the lowest you're going to get. But if you see a deal, and we've seen these deals, seventeen hundred dollar payroll. Guess there what? might be there might there be some, some opportunity to run there. Or if you yeah. see the deals that are eight hundred dollar payroll, you're like that's running too skinny. Yeah. You're going to probably need it a little higher. So that's a good one to kind of keep. And, an and there'll be rules of thumb on you know how many people you should have inside, how many people you should have outside. You need to talk with your property management company. And once again, some of this is market driven. It's also asset class driven too, right? You know, you might want to have a, a maybe an extra person on that class A property because you're wanting to have high touch, high customer service, right? Whereas on a class C, you might be running it a little bit tighter. You know, or, or vice versa. There could be all kinds of different variations. You've got to work with your property management company to determine what payroll is, right? But like you said, there is some yeah. soft rules of thumb there. Marketing, right? Yeah, so again, this you is know. a property that was in lease up, right? Yep. So, so again, a ton of marketing, they're doing right? all they can because they got they got 300 empty units and they need to get yeah. those things filled. You know. And so marketing is crazy at first, right? Then you taper back because instead of trying to fill up 300, you might fill up 20% of the property because yes. you're having 20% people leave, right? Yep. And so, you know, marketing, again, that's a pretty good rule of thumb, right? You can see, you know, we're even modeling $300, right? Yep. Uh, so it's got to, you know, versus, I don't know what the math is for theirs. I guess it's probably more than double. So, you know, they're probably at $700, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's a good one to kind of, again, get a good sense of it. And last but not least, deposit placement reserves, right? They don't have and this that. Is, and this is something that you're, you're rarely ever going to see. You're almost always uh, going to be required. Yeah, for you're always going to have to pop this in, right? And what is this? This is an escrow that... At least on Fannie and Freddie deals, we've seen a couple bridge loans that they don't require this, but most of the time they're gonna they're gonna make you escrow 250 to upwards of 350 per unit per year um, into an escrow each year to pay for capital items that might go out throughout and the course. And what is the, the capital year. item? Just for people that so know. you know, I, I consider this. So there's R and M like we talked about earlier, right? And then there's capital things, right? A capital item would be the replacement of the roof, right? Whereas an R&M could be you're repairing a couple shingles up on the roof, yeah. right? And you got to buy the shingles and you got to buy the nails to put the shingle in there, right? Yeah. That's R&M versus capital. So it's a one-time thing that you're not going to be doing on a monthly or even on a yearly basis. And in that case, you can draw from your replacement reserve account yeah. through mm -hmm. your lender. Right? Basically, yeah, the lender assumes, you know, some stoves are going to go bad, some roofs are going to go yeah. bad, some everything goes bad. You, you're going to spend that money regardless, yep. so it's kind of a wash, so you kind of assume, you know, it's an expense item, right? Yep. And now Absolutely. you're going to spend and get it back, and maybe you don't spend it all in year one, but year two, you'd have twice as much to spend. Who knows? And, and one thing that I want to I want to point out, too, right? You know, this is a newer deal, but on some deals, we do a very, very big um, rehab, right? So you're going to have a capital bucket, too, right, that's going to, on top of your replacement reserve escrow, you're also going to have you know, just maybe one or $2 million worth of, uh, of CapEx funds that you can tap into, yep. right? So, you know, you got to bake that into usually year one or maybe even into year two, right? Yeah. So what does this all equate to, man? Yeah, so continuing on, right? Look at total expenses, you know, 1.7 million, right? What I care about is that percentage next to it. 56%. Yep. That's healthy. For a brand new asset, it could probably be lower. But this is this is in a market where taxes are just naturally high. Yep. And so, you know, that feels good versus if that was 45%, or if that was 75%, I'd be concerned, right? Maybe yeah. too high and expenses too low. Yep. And so overall, it feels about right. And so again, this is what we call, this whole thing that we just talked about the past 20 minutes is what we call normalizing the expenses, right? Yes, absolutely. You're normalizing them, you're bringing them to average, maybe someone's running it piss poor, right? You're using what they're running as guidance, but you're also tying it to kind of you know, industry norms. Absolutely. And so with this deal, the way the broker whisper was, right, $44 million, 
you know, it's a 4.3% cash on cash, 6.58% IRR. You so, want to buy this deal, Ben? So it's a garbage deal. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, um, yeah, so it's not a very good deal. That's why we're not, that's why we're not people, saving You know, not making much money on this deal. Um, no, we right? would not. This is way too and, tight. And, and also maybe one other thing, too. This is modeled, I know we modeled it with year two and three burning off for that, you know, that loss of lease and getting, you know, stabilized occupancy. But yeah, yeah even with all that, it still doesn't work out very well. So, yeah. so then, you know, the next question is, all right, well, what price does it work out at, right? Yeah. So that's where you just start dropping your price, which changes your debt service, which improves your cash flow. Yeah. So again, changing the price, the income stays the same. The expenses will stay the same too, right? Minus the tax piece. But ultimately, right, for this deal that they wanted $44 million, $35 million is probably the price that works, right? That gets you to an eight, you know, above an 8% cash on cash. That gets you to the 13% IRR, which for a new asset is a new asset I, I, in a good market. That, that's definitely, that's definitely, market. Do, that's definitely doable, right? But you can see, folks, right? They were wanting 44 million. We're we're we're, we're kind of buyers at 35, right? So yeah. that's Ben's that's a quite, cheapo man. This He's is a quite a bit off, right? And and we see this more often than not. This is not this this is not the the exception. This is pretty much what's happening, you know, uh, across 80 or 90 percent of the deals that we see, right? And so, and the rule of thumb really is, is if you're within 90, 95% of the ask, you should probably make an offer, yeah. right? Obviously, we're going to be a little bit off on this yes, one. This you deal know? didn't I mean, offer on, but... We did not. We right? underwrote it. You know? So, but you have to see where where we had to kind of, you know, adjust a few things too, right? Just to make it make it work at the end of the day, right? And so, 35 million versus 44, yep. it's pretty far uh, off. Yeah, no. but so that said, Money Mondays, we do this every Monday, yep. 3.30 Central. Today we're talking about multifamily underwriting part two. Yep. There is a part one. Go find it on YouTube or Facebook. Yep. And, you know, basically we'll spend 20 minutes talking about different topics. That's what we're talking about today. And, you know, we're kind of really we've got about five more minutes left. So we'll kind of open up the Q&A. Yep. If you have questions, comments, let us know. Otherwise, we'll wrap up and kind of go through a few more things. Yeah. I know, um, let's see, the, uh, Ronnie says, uh, property taxes, insurance have gone through the roof these past years. Absolutely. But for insurance reasons, you don't want things going through your roof. Uh, Jefferson <laughs> says, how are you doing, Ferris and Ben? I love it. Doing love good. It. Hey, hey. Ronnie says, uh, rule of thumb changes by the property type and submarket. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Amir says, hey, guys, when you are trying to underwrite a deal on the fly, what rule of thumb percentage-wise do you use for the GOI uh, gross income, I'm guessing, um, to attain the NOI for a Class C deal? Ooh, okay, so... What do you use? Um, I don't quite understand the question. What rule of thumb do you use for the... Gross operating inc income. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. Maybe. Gross operating income to attain. So I mean, long story short, you're looking at you're looking at the deal where you think you could pop to, yeah. right? And maybe you can't and, pop and, at all. And then slot, you know, slap off 60 percent of that for expenses, market specific, right? Yeah. That's your income, and then look where your debt service lands after that, right? And that's kind of ties to your returns. And yeah, so there's there's and there's back of the napkin analysis, right? You know, I mean, where people, you know, you use what's what's your rent? Minus usually at least ten percent, and then you know whatever that comes into, and then you take fifty five percent of that, and that's what your NOI is going to be, right? You know, the mirror says percentages, boys, fifty percent, forty percent of the gross. I mean, I guess ultimately, if we're saying fifty five percent on the expenses, that would leave forty five percent on the the income, mm -hmm. right? So maybe that's the answer you're looking for. So forty to forty five percent, depending on even newer asset, I'd get to fifty two percent, right? So forty eight percent on the income side, but mm -hmm. you know. 
I, 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 I don't like looking at it that way as much as I do no. like looking at the average rents, where I could take rents to, and what price am I buying it per door. Yeah, That's start there. The don't 1% go, rule is the yeah. easiest rule yeah, of thumb to do. Don't go into it from the other direction. Always start with your income first, yeah. guys. That's the easiest way to look at this. And and, I, and I'd also, I'd, I'd, I'd caution the 55 to 60% or whatever. There's We've seen deals in other, in other states, Phoenix being one, where expenses are a lot lower than, than they are yeah. here in, in Texas, right? And so... That kind of throws out sometimes the fifty five percent. Yeah, you know who role. knew not having hurricanes around reduces your expenses. <laughs> yeah, just because you're well, and then there's and the taxes aren't they're no, not no, as aggressive I mean, on taxes everything. either, right? So you know, um, so there's there's just different rules of thumb. It just depends on where where you're wanting to buy a deal, and you yeah. really need to talk with the property management companies in that that submarket to understand those expenses. Um, yeah. You know, because Georgia when we went into Georgia it was different than Texas. Yeah, Georgia pays know? taxes forty percent of the appraised price. That's yeah. good. So that's great. At least you can under right to what it's going to be, right? You're not, you know, it's not yeah. just this mythical thing like Ronnie Texas. asks, what's sales process on verifying rent comps? CoStar, calling comps, et cetera. CoStar, apartments.com, and last but not least, we have a team that will literally call no, the properties and, and, nearby. And new deals, we're going and shopping the comps too. Yeah. So that that's literally me and Ferris. We do that along with our team yeah. because I want to see not only what rents are they charging, but what's the condition of the of the comps too, right? You know, what amenities do they have versus us, yeah, we, right? Maybe there's a reason why they're getting $100 more, right? You we, know. we walk in and pretend like we're going to rent, right? Yeah. We'll say Ben we is literally a, did that. <laughs> Ben's a new hair, st- hair model moving into the property, you know? And, it's not uh, weird, guys, And I'm the computer right? guy. <laughs> we're just all friends, right? Uh, you know, and no, and, and ultimately you just ask questions, yep. right? And and most of the time the leasing agents, they're, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Yeah. You know, and they're going to tell you everything you need to know about the property, yeah. right? So that's the way to verify that. CoStar is... Co-Star. Very loose, yeah. Yeah, it's a little so If anyone has any more comments, questions, let us know. We're happy to kind of answer them. Uh, what else we got? Let's keep okay, going. So, open Q&A. All right, so we do have a course here. Do, yeah, so for those who you know, yeah. we have InvestorAcademy.net that we launched, right? We're shamelessly so, plugging something. Um, yeah, you know, and it's but, really more about, we spent a lot of time just putting these yeah, videos yeah. together just because we get asked this stuff a lot, so we, we figured to put it together in a nice collection for people to go watch. So So you're gonna you're gonna say the URL on this one. So www.investoracademy.net slash product slash multifamily dash real dash estate dash underwriting dash master class. All right. Uh, but next time right. we're gonna simplify that one. It's gonna right. future it'll be a lot simpler. Shanna gave us a thumbs up so we're gonna make right, that a so simple what's the URL. discount code? But right? go to investoracademy.net and you can find it. It's only a handful of courses yeah. on there. Uh, discount code disrupt yep. right maybe thirty percent off. So this is, we, we, we poured hours into this, folks. We really took a deeper dive into all of these concepts and went through some some mock deals so you really can get a better sense for it. Like I said, we're not going to be able to go through it all on this 30-minute nah. show, right? You know, but we will have some more. Put we many, like many hours into that one. You know. And last but not least, we have our big conference Ooh, coming up. So it's coming up. T-minus two months, Ben. I know. Man, can you believe yeah. it? Yeah. A little, yeah. bit less, a little bit more than two and months. We, we've had a lot of demand for these tickets. I was actually, I was pleasantly surprised. No, we we're, 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 sure. we're, we're selling out much more quickly yeah. than expected. So if you are interested, sure check it out sooner than later. So what's the deal? We got to buy one, get one, 150 bucks off. Oh, are we before, making any money on this thing? We don't make money on this thing. Jeez, so we, we, these, this is a break, the even thing. <laughs> so, uh, but we're, it's, we're but losing money on it's this more one. about putting people together, building an environment, right? And that's no, where that's we find people, we find partners, you find everything. Who did we have? Tell me more about Who do we have at the last one? What was the last one about? We had the mayor. Mayor of Houston, Mr. Sylvester Turner, last he came time. out. And who uh, else did we have out there? We had Mr. Neil Bawa. We had, you know, we had Rod, Rod on that Leaf one. out there. You we know. had a whole shebang. And so yeah. it's a, you know, it's basically a one-day crash course with the Boom. who's who of multifamily. Yep. 
no sales pitch, no nothing. It's nope. purely about content and networking. That's really the pitch. Yeah, so. and, and, and we, we really do it for the networking component, yeah. too. So we, we, we try to introduce that throughout the day, and obviously yeah. we're pretty laid-back guys. So you know, yeah, no sales pitch. Ben needs that. more people to talk to, so do. we go do this whole conference. You know? I'm just drinking my coffee. The, the what, We literally have the Starbucks on right next to the to the conference. No, so it's, it's a requirement because nice. they're talking about moving us to a bigger room because last year we had 400 people. Know, they're talking know. about putting us in a bigger room, and I'm like, are you guys going to move the Starbucks to our floor? And she didn't like that <laughs> comment they, they, at the hotel. If you don't so. have that, then I'm the deal's off, yeah. right? So go check us out, mfinvestornetwork.com. Put in the, you know, uh, or go through the holiday yeah, so sale. Buy one, and, get uh, one, $150 off. I don't think you, I guess you don't have to have any yeah. coupon code, right, Shanna? You just go ahead, nope, just yeah. go through it, and it'll automatically deduct it. So awesome. you're good to go. But we're going to... With that said, it's 4 enjoy, o'clock. Enjoy the holiday week, everybody. Be safe. Enjoy it with your friends and family. If you, you want any more comments, questions, next, let us well, know. Well, no, before we go, so because of the holidays, we're going to come back to you on January 4th. We're going to yeah. put our, uh, what, whichever one has been viewed the most, we'll put on next week because it's obviously popular, right? Put it on? What do you mean? We'll just restream it, right? Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Why not? We'll see. Why not? It'll confuse people. They'll be like, why aren't you talking about the holidays? You're talking about Halloween, and that was two months ago. Oh, Who knows? Oh, come on. <laughs> We're not going to do the one with the Halloween mask. Uh, ben wants it. Wants yeah. to take some time off. I'm like, we should do it. He's like, no. I thought we were going to take some time off no, this no, no. week. I we figured, we it, you know, people are going to be busy. We don't want people dropping, you know, and st- stop spending time with their families just to watch us. No, we know people no, would, no. but we figured, you know, people should spend time with <laughs> families instead. <laughs> so Big with that said, we'll skip next week, but we'll be back the week after. So we'll see you back January 4th, everybody. We appreciate it. All right, let's call it a wrap. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com slash invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.